Thriller in Manila like I'm Pacquiao Diamond in the rough, hidden in sand beaches far from Baguio In my back so we ain't lagging now Going stag with the solo Giannis level sound No, I don't fuck around Keep it 100, class of 99 Falling down to 75, a king of the fourth quarter away from prime Time on your television, mid-range, you barely missing Devoted to the game, we underdogs that you've been dissing No boy, we go where it's showtime when we hit the scene Dunkin' bars in 16, call me Zach Levine All-star level, keep the air on Mr. Gordon I implore you, bring the heat, I'm off the floor before I score And then I throw up the sign, Mr. Commissioner so Welcome to another dope episode of Hip Hot Heads I am No Sage along with Novak as always Please follow, like the show, comment, and Novak and I discuss our favorite hip hop moments. We got a special guest. I've been wanting this guest to appear on our show for quite some time. My homie, my co-conspirator, my colleague, Mata Sueños. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, so happy hailing, to be here. Yeah, like so basically you you hailing from the Boogie Down Bronx. Melissa's learned to balance her and heritage with the corporate and higher education worlds raised on rice and beans hip-hop and the yankees melissa can also facilitate a leadership workshop negotiate a contract and charm a southerner all on the same day on the same pod that's right we in it we, we can in do it. it all that's right i can't i came here to win so uh, <laughs> a little bit of everything <laughs> Thanks for having you. me. I'm so excited that we can finally do this. You know, it, we talked about it a while ago, and so I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much, Mata Sueño. So, so, <laughs> so check this. Like, I know we've talked so much about, like, when we used to be work colleagues, like, we talked about parenting, life hacks, cruise ships. <laughs> I know you're quite the uh, cruise ship um, connoisseur, but I don't think we really, like, dug, dug deep into music and, like, yeah. rap and hip-hop and all that, so... Yes. Um, no, my, my love stretches way back. Right. So obviously I was born in the Bronx. I don't live there anymore, but when you live in the Bronx, you have no choice, right? Like you're either listening to the music, your parents raised you on. So it was either salsa music or hip hop music growing up in my house. And so it started at a pretty young age and it's never left me. Right. You can take the girl out of the Bronx, but you can't take the Bronx out of the girl. Understood. Understood. So so growing up in the Bronx, uh, in terms of hip hop, what were your influences? I mean, what were you listening to? Yeah. So, you know, I'm 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 going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of my 29th birthday this weekend. So I'm a little yeah. bit older. OK, hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it started for me with like salt and peppa and the beastie boys and public enemy okay like i'm <laughs> a huge public enemy fan and that's where it sort of started for me and as my life sort of progressed through different cities as i moved to different places it kind of evolved as i got older but that was like the origin right so um you know my love for hip-hop really was with with those um those big three and then you know lots of others but that's where it started yeah, I remember salt and pepper. So, you know, did you have the eight ball jacket and everything like that? Or Yeah, <laughs> I wanted the eight ball jacket. I didn't have it, but I wanted it. No, what, what I did have was, you know, they used to have those um those denim jackets with like the fleece collars. Mm -hmm. That was something I needed to have. Right. So that there were those those were really popular at the time. All the hip hop stars were wearing them. These like, denim jackets, these big like fleece and furry collars. I made my mother go out and buy me that even though it wasn't as popular for a long period of time for when it was popular I had one of those so I felt pretty good about it <laughs> I love how you said like you're not you know like in the Bronx no more but you still can't take it out like yeah. take it take it out of your heart like so you're you're in Miami nowadays right yeah yeah so like I'm I'm um thinking this over a little bit because we had on episode 14 our buddy that you know um ginger mm -hmm. um, ginger from kellogg right yeah and she sort of had i don't want to say a similar trajectory but she came from new york and she moved to, to florida so i was just curious on like you saying a word on like that sort of back and forth migration of folks that kind of um come both directions i guess yeah you know it's a super interesting dynamic what's really different about it like in new york city you know, I was surrounded by a lot of like Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. My parents are from Puerto Rico and then a lot of African-Americans. And even though New York is really diverse, that was who was like 
I was surrounded by as a kid. And then you move down here and it's, it's a lot of South American influence, a lot of Cuban influence, mm -hmm. and the music is very, very different. So you go from listening to like, you know, um, LL Cool J and, and, public enemy and down here it's like luke and the miami bass kind of music <laughs> so that was a huge transition for me because you know it definitely wasn't the same um and now i think now i i've kind of um i have a strong affection for like the reggaeton type of scene you know so um obviously bad bunny's puerto rican so we have to give him props but you know j balvin and ozuna like mm -hmm. i think some of those that's kind of what I'm into now much more than like if I had to pick somebody new, but I think that's a, a function of the influence down here, right? Like that's a lot of what you hear on the radio. That's a lot of what the culture feels like here. Um, super different than New York. Uh, and then in the middle, when I was in college and sort of moving up and down the East coast, there were a lot of different influences and sort of, you know, it's like a whole evolution from where I started to kind of where I am now. So you said Luke, yeah, you, you you made me you made me smile there. I mean, like he his his sound is so like uh, so interesting. So like you think about today, where you got a lot more female artists, that are a lot more like Luke, and yeah. you know a lot of people are like, oh, she says so much. I'm like we grew up on Luke, right. <laughs> so like, that's right. So, so it's hard to judge like a uh, you know like you know like anybody today who's kind of runchy because runchy was the whole eighties and nineties. You think about it in a nutshell, exactly. And you get into like, you know, you talk about the brunch, so you, you get into Akinelli and everything like that back in the day. And that, we thought that was obscene at that point in time. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. When I was in high school, I, I did I did some debate and we had to do this debate about like music censorship. And, you know, when they started putting mm -hmm. labels on CDs and saying like parental advisory labels like they do for movies. So we had to sort of debate that topic. But, you know, it's like. I didn't know any different, right? That's what I grew up listening to. And so, and, and even in the streets, right? The language was there. So I don't know, like for me, the obscenity back then was a little bit different. I guess now if I'm listening to it in the car with my daughter, I probably go, like, I probably cringe a little <laughs> just because it's like, okay, I don't necessarily need her, you know, saying the see you next Tuesday word or whatever, but like, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it didn't impact me back then. And I guess maybe now, cause I'm a mom, it sounds a little bit different to me, but I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, it's not shocking to me at all. Right. Like I'm <laughs> used to hearing it. But are going to side tangent. I love that you're bringing that story about you writing something about the music scene and the, uh, the parental advisory. Um, so my side tangent is that I had to write in Catholic school, um, I think it was just like a one pager about like what song is very poetic to you. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. literally wrote down and then this uh, assignment, like I used to love it by common. Like, this is why it's poetic to me. Okay. Um, and then the teacher was put off by the obscenities in the song. Right. Like, you know, I think she was saying like, I used to do her and then the West coast did her or whatever. So like she was so fixated on you know, the, um, the female aspect of the storyline, right? So I had to go back and I flipped it to Scarface. Um, I never seen a man die until I seen a man cry. She accepted that. And I actually wrote down the clean version of that because I mean, it was a little more straightforward. Okay, I understand it. The guy was like dealing with sad stories and he finally cried and whatever. But the, the, the messed up thing that's cringeworthy for me is that I couldn't convey to the teacher that hip hop was being metaphorical as a female right at that point it, that message kind of went over my head and i had to go to my cousin who we had on the show i had to say can you believe this teacher like um rejected this assignment and then she <laughs> automatically knew the metaphor that i was missing like why don't you just tell her that it was hip-hop like what and she kind of blew my mind i'm like damn i missed it i missed i missed yeah. the jam right there I had a similar situation with one of our colleagues at Kellogg, my former boss, Greg Hanafi, right? So Greg used to play these games at dinner where he would go around the table and ask, put you on the spot and ask you a question. It was kind of like a conversation starter. And Greg loves music. He's, he's really, really into music and songwriters, but he's not into hip hop at all, right? So he came to me and asked me like, who was my favorite artist? Or like, what was my favorite musician? And I have to say, like, I have a love affair with Jay-Z and it's gone on for a really long time. 
And I said that, and like, there are a lot of things I admire about Jay-Z, not just his music, but the fact that, you know, he started lots of businesses, right? Like he's sort of um, persevered over lots of different evolutions in his life. And, um, but saying that to Greg Hanafi, like, I think I lost, uh, he, he lost a little respect for me that day, but I believe it in the sense, like what you're saying, the poetry of it all, like one of my favorite Jay-Z songs is called Lost One. And he sort of talks about, it's a slower, it's a slower song. He talks about his nephew dying. He talks about, you know, his relationship with Beyonce. It's, it's like an older song. I think it's off of Kingdom Come. But, you know, to me, that's a super poetic song. It's very introspective. It's very like, um, you know, him looking at his life and like, sort of trying to strike this balance between being super successful and then all the human things that happen to you. So even though Greg didn't like my answer, I stand by it. <laughs> respect I, that. I respect that. Respect that. I, I think the thing is, when you think about like lost ones, right? That's what you said, Michelle, on the track. Mm-hmm. You know, when an artist pours their soul into a song, you feel it. That's what makes you go, this is good music. And that's the same thing that, you know, No Sage went through with Common. Common literally was in love with hip-hop, and he he saw the way hip-hop kept getting used by everybody and being put back into the culture. And, you know, and, you know, that's what drew me to Jay-Z as well, you know, being a, you know, being a Chicagoan. It's weird that we like more East Coast sometimes. We like what's in our own city because... Yeah. Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, Mob Deep, Nas, Boogie Down, you know, you're talking about the Boogie Down Bronx, yeah, you get into Karras One and everything. Yeah, yeah. BDP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get into that whole movement, and even when you go out to New York, it's a soul of the city that sometimes that grabs you. When you're in Times Square, seeing those guys sleeping on the bench, the first thing is, I got to see the rest of the city. So, you know, I, I love going to New York and visiting. You know, it's one of those places where you go there and it's like the mecca of everything that we're doing here in Chicago and LA, everywhere else. LA, you know, the California's got its own styles, you know. So does Miami, you know, so does Orlando. Orlando's got rappers I didn't know about. Right. No disrespect. But it's like, you know, you know, it's the it's the like, you know, get back to what No Sage about hip hop, how it evolved. Everybody's taken a piece of it and turned it into their own world at this point. Yeah. You know, and I grew up at a time, that time where there was that huge sort of rivalry between East Coast, West Coast. Right. And so it, you know, when I was young, you couldn't, you couldn't like anything from the West Coast. Like you could not say to anybody I grew up with, like, oh, I want to listen to Dr. Dre or NWA or anything like that. Like that was not acceptable. Once I moved away, like I, um, you know, I started to appreciate it more. I started appreciating Dre more and, and sort of how Tupac made his transition and was sort of, you know, more embedded with the West Coast um, rap scene, the hip hop scene there than in the East Coast. And, you know, I was um, sort of listening to some old stuff the other day. And, you know, Biggie has a song going back to Cali. And I've been playing that one on repeat lately because it's just, you know, like, it was silly, the whole thing, sort of the the rivalry and, you um, you know, there's a lot to appreciate from from both coasts. Um, and look, you're from Chicago. I have love for Kanye. I think he's totally crazy. But like a lot of his earlier stuff and, and you know, it's like fun hip hop, right? Like those beats that hook you in and those those even though they're sampled, whatever. But like that stuff is super like it sticks in your ear. It makes you want to move, you know, so I have a lot of love for your hometown boy, Kanye, even though he's kind of lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe he finds him again one day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, got to he get jump. the meds right. He's got to get the meds right. That's and true. Then he'll be that's all right. true. <laughs> this this uh, mental break uh, era <laughs> we're in. He did drop a new track last week. So no, at least he? he's still kicking around. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Yeah. He dresses some of his uh, his cringeworthy acts, but it's he's still he's still staying active. But, yeah. um, you know, like I, I just love when you're diving into the whole like Jay Z affection because knowing you, you know, like being like um, entrepreneurial minded, you know, like as you as you like to tap into those spaces and like you know, um, when you when you when you um lean into that that part of your your um your ethos, as it were. I mean, that's that's dope because it's like every time every time we had a conversation, I just hear. 
I don't know. Like, I just hear hip hop. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like the New York accent in you or just yeah. like the way you carry yourself. And we never like we're spitting rhymes or we're in a session or nothing like that. You know, so <laughs> that's why that's why I just been wanting to, to geek out with you. But like the other thing, too, is um when we had Ginger on, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this show. So we were talking about um, Rap Shit, which is on um, HBO Max now. So I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. It's in yeah. my queue. Yeah. I'm curious what you what you were uh your hot take on it because they just dropped season two this month. I haven't watched it yet, but the the very thin narrative, which kind of fits here, is like there's these two female MCs. I think they sort of grew up. Was it high school or college, Novak? Do you remember? Uh high school. Right. So um somehow they went different ways, but I think they were in Florida, right? And then they're both trying to tap into like the Miami rap sound. But the one rapper was actually before they found each other again, she was trying to do her like East Coast, like message rap. Like she was calling herself the vision. <laughs> she was rapping with masks and it had a whole like, you know, like Burn, underground like New York sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's this whole plot line about like this boyfriend that she's trying to make it work that actually goes to school in New York. And it's kind of like, you know, the whole mental mindset of like, should she actually like channel into that or should she more embrace her party side, you know? So mm -hmm. there's kind of a back and forth between New York and Miami, but I just, I just find that really fascinating because yeah, I myself was latching on to like some of that character where it's like, okay, I found hip hop as like <laughs> a means to express myself, but then it doesn't always have to just be this closeted, like message yeah. doom and gloom thing. It could be like so many different things. You know, I think it's like, so for me, I, I moved away from New York when I was in high school. So it's always going to be a part of me, but it's not the only part of me. Right. And so, you know, I think it, you, what you probably sense is that sensibility that's never left me. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a fire in me that I'm kind of a hustler, right? Like I am super driven to be like successful from a work perspective, not necessarily like in an entrepreneurial space perspective but you know work is super important to me and being good at my job and and so I I grind it out like that's just how my life has been and I think that's kind of what you see I think it's also the directness that you develop when you live in New York City you have to be super direct you have to have kind of like a hard shell um, whereas I think in the Midwest there's a little less directness I think some people <laughs> were sometimes taken aback by how direct I I am but I think for all of us, right, like we have these different pieces that we have to pull together in life. And sometimes I have to put on sort of the professional, you know, leadership facilitator role or whatever. And then sometimes I like to put on my headphones and, you know, just jam out to my favorite music. And so um, I think part of what hip hop has given me, too, is, is um, you know, like, an irrational confidence that, um, you know, like if I need to get hyped up about something, I'll listen to a song that's going to hype me up. Like one of my favorite songs growing up, like special ed was one of my favorites, right? Like I got a maid, right. Or I'm the magnificent. It's like that braggy kind of like, you know, I could do this. And so I think it's given me sort of this, it is irrational confidence in a lot of situations, right? Like, whereas I might be shyer or, you know, less confident. It's, it's always given me this, uh, you know, it's kind of helps me get that extra push when I need confidence because there's been, you know, there's so much like bravado, right? There's so much bragging and so much like hype. And so I need that in my life. Uh, you mentioned special ed, man. I got it made. That was one of the best videos of that time, man. The, the way he told the story, fighting the bully and everything. Yeah. You know, that, that song, man, always started up. I mean, you go from Special Ed to Big Daddy Kane. Yes. You look at yeah. Yeah, that, that whole swagger, man, that those guys had. Even Kumo D had that swagger. Kumo D, to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at one point in time, New York was on fire. You know, everybody was, they were birthing MCs at that point in time. Yeah, that's right. And look, it, and it's the kind of, um, you know, it, it was the kind of rap and hip hop that was like about swagger and not about like, even though there were lots of hard things going on in New York city at that time, there still are, but like in the Bronx at that time, it, you know, it wasn't the safest place. It wasn't the cleanest place, you know? And, but like, I appreciated the fact that the music that was coming out of there wasn't merely focused on 
the negativity, right? Like you had, like you were saying that those, those, those artists that were about the message, right? And I think that's kind of why I love Public Enemy because I was a nerdy kid. Like I love to read, like I'm into the news and just to hear that kind of music that was focused on making a change and, you know, changing your surroundings or like pushing for social change or political change. You know, I think that's why I loved it from the beginning because it wasn't about all the, I mean, there was some of it that was about the badness that was around you, but it was really about, okay, we can rise out of this or, you know, I have the swag to get out of here, whatever it was. And I think that's why that was important to me at that point in my life. That's amazing. Yo, like, so how, how have you seen your daughter's like musical tastes as it were? Cause yeah, you, you just dropping gems on me. Like I, I knew, I, I knew that you had a respect for the music, but I didn't know. Like when I hear special ed, like that just brings me joy. Cause like, if, how can you not be hip hop if you're coming with like a name, like special ed and you coming hard, you know? So like, that's, that's like hip hop in itself, but like, have you have you even seen i don't know like um your daughter even know like some of these like um gods as it were that <laughs> that you appreciate because like i feel like the old message behind some of the hip hop is that yes there's the message but sometimes the i don't know the misogyny kind of gets in the way you know people mm -hmm. kind of like kind of like you know put it in the corner almost like greg was put in the corner right it's kind of yeah. like kind of like this kitty sandbox that not necessarily you know should be respected i guess she has a really eclectic um music taste right and so oh. she has been influenced by me i think so i mean i think the person that walks on water in this house is beyonce we we went to see beyonce um in concert in august you know but like it, it ranges from like we we saw taylor swift in in april right so it's like taylor swift on one end Johnny Cash and then Beyonce, SZA, like this is Tyler, the creator she's obsessed with. So she has a really eclectic and diverse um, sort of musical um, sort of her preferences. So it, it all depends on who's in control of the speaker in the house, like that day whose music is going to be playing. But she she has sort of a, a an appreciation for the music I listen to, she hasn't fully embraced it. I think where we we probably overlap the most is Beyonce because I'm a huge, huge Beyonce fan. Separate from Jay Z, right? I was a Beyonce right. fan before them together. Them together, I love her on her own. Le Lemonade is like, <laughs> I mean, it, that could be my life soundtrack right there. Um, so we both have a, a a strong affinity for Beyonce, and so that's probably where we overlap the most. I love it. It feels like you're you're sharing a lot of the speaker space that Novak's sharing at his household over there. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I cringe for a minute. Yeah, I know about the Taylor <laughs> the Taylor Swift situation yeah. right now. Yeah. Like we did the yeah. uh, my, my daughter wanted to do the concert, but she's eleven. I didn't want to take her to the concert, so we went and saw the movie. It's three hours of Taylor Swift performing mm -hmm. in the IMAX, and I was sitting there just like, make it stop. <laughs> so she's like, Daddy, put your phone away. You can't play Mafia Wars while you're watching Taylor Swift. So I was like, all right, so I put it away. But uh, yeah, Beyonce, the thing with Beyonce, it's, it's amazing from a from a male perspective, I find myself knowing the words to sorry. And I'm yes. start, like, why the hell do I, why am I singing this song, sorry? And, you know, because the bass, you know, what attracted me to that song was the bass line. Mm -hmm. And if you ever listen to the way that thing rumbles inside a car or inside a mm -hmm. house, I mean, you can you can see Jay Z's influence on Beyonce, so it's crazy that he's writing some of these songs from a you know from a male perspective as an angry as a female has been cheated on. That's what that whole that's what that yeah. whole Lemonade album is about. It's about infidelity. So you yeah. just sit there. So like you know, my daughter plays it sometimes. I got a clean version for her, and then I got my own version. Then we got into vinyl with it, so we got all the Beyonce vinyl. So my daughter goes. Can you play sorry? I'm like, why? Because you were late to picking me up from practice. I'm like, you know what? That's not infidelity. That's just me being late. You know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going through the same space you're going through. It's amazing. Like scissor, scissors a wallpaper in her in her in her on mm -hmm. her computer. Then uh Tyler Creator is like who they go to when they need to feel happy, which mm -hmm. I don't I don't get this right now. Tyler right. doesn't do happiness to me. It's a, that's like emo rap. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like goth emo rap at this point. It's like a little Uzi falls into that picture with them too. So they got they got a weird, you know, like uh, taste in music, but it's all good music at the end of the day. It is, yeah. She, it's funny because she went to see. She, we, I let her go to the Tyler the Creator concert. I think it was last year, the year before he came down to Miami, and he had this Colombian. Um, her name is Caliucci, and she's sort of this Colombian artist, but she speaks and you know, she sings in Spanglish, right? Like half of it is in Spanish, half of it is mm -hmm. in English, but a lot of it is exactly that. It's moody. A lot of the other artists that she likes that are not in the hip hop scene, they're more like, you know, female guitarists and. <laughs> Mitski, I don't know. We're, that's the next concert we're doing in January. I don't know Mitski unless it's on, you know, her speaker. Mm -hmm. But it is that, and maybe it's the age, right? Like you get these preteen and these teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Like this is the vibe. Like I was Public Enemy, so I had a different vibe going on at that age. But you know, she's theirs is more the the moodiness and the the, the feelings, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I got to see SZA in concert at United Center like a few months mm -hmm. ago um, with my wife. And it was dope, man. We are in a SZA sense for sure. There's even like a nice track that she actually played ODB on the on the screen and while well, he was spitting his verse. But it was it was it was amazing because it was sort of like it was like this big like boat in this ship. And she was like appearing in different parts of the ship and like the whole projection of it made it feel like you're actually at sea and SOS and with her. It was, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing I've really enjoyed. Like I, I love going to concerts and throughout my life, I've gone to lots of different artists, right? Like across the spectrum, but that's what makes it fun when you have a big show like that. Like, I mean, obviously Renaissance was insane, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. just the dancing and the artistry and like the costumes and all of the sets. Um, I saw I saw on the run too. So Jay Z and Beyonce I actually saw it at Soldier Field um, oh. <laughs> a few years ago. Um, and you know, like that's I love that. I love to see it big and glamorous and shiny. And you know, I love to see the costumes too. That's another thing I love about um, hip hop because, well, some hip hop because I'm I'm bougie, right? Like they call me Queenie at home. Like I love I love Sparkle. I love Gucci. I love name brands and so that's another thing that i can relate to so i want to see the big sparkly show i don't want it stripped down i want to see the lights i want big screens i want guest stars i want it all you know so you just you just described uh what a kanye concert was like before the moment <laughs> it was right. it was balenciaga it was mm -hmm. uh it, man it was like you know i went to one i went to one kanye concert at soldier field they were selling $300 socks in the parking lot. And I was just like, who is wearing these socks? You know, because, you know, when fashion and hip-hop kind of did that merge, I'm just yeah. as bad as you. I'm, I'm Louis Vuitton. I want them LV trainers. That's but right. it's like, what do you get with a $200 pair of trainers? I'm like, the LVs. That's and right. So they look good. They look good. They now, look sometimes good. they don't look good because the shoe yeah. size. I wear 14, so my LV yeah. looks like this. So my daughter <laughs> always goes to me like, Daddy, we need, we need more Yeezy. So we need this or whatever. So... I'm going through that. You probably going through that. The whole fashion aware kid, where they're, they're basically yeah. they want like certain fashion. Like right now, is dunks in my house. I need that. I need born. I need born dunks. I'm like, what, what? Do you have a born job? She's like, no. <laughs> you have a job. I need these dunks. They're special. Or, or we're going through mischief boots right now. You probably know about those. They're big red boots. So my kid went through the. I need red boots to wear to school. I'm like, where are you going? Where are you school? So yeah. I support that all day because that individuality that you get from hip hop and music helps them like develop and who they're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. When we, I mean, picking out outfits for Beyonce was like <laughs> a, a several week endeavor. Like, you know, she had a very specific vision about what she was going to wear to this concert. Like there was no one going to tell her that she could not execute this vision. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I love the individuality of it all. And, you know, I mean, we, we have to sort of, um, you know, walk that line between like everything you have can't be designer, my child. Like, <laughs> like you say, I'm the one with the job. You're still a cost center, right? When you start working, then we could talk about it. But it's fun to, you know, like I got her her first coach bag, right? Like to start and it's fun for her to, to she gets very excited about those things. And, and I let her borrow some of the things in my closet. It just sort of depends on, you know, where she's going and what she's doing. So she has a little bit of access because we, we wear the same shoe size. So she 
can uh-huh. she thinks mommy has a good accessory game she doesn't necessarily like the way i i dress but she thinks i've got good shoes and purses so <laughs> uh, man that shoe size thing is scary my wife my daughter both were like women seven so yeah. once they once they get in the same shoe size now you're starting to see my wife is like, I don't like dunks. I don't like these particular shoes. I like these shoes. So my daughter's like, Mommy, try these on. These look better on you than me right now. Your shirt matches these shoes. So now they're starting to switch shoes off a little bit. It's pretty funny. I don't have anybody to switch shoes with. <laughs> but yeah, I do agree. I mean, that that first coach bag or that wallet or something you get them, it blows their mind. Like yeah. this little one asked me the day talking about, what's Hermes? I'm like, stay away from that site. That's it. That's it. Don't go back there. <laughs> That's inappropriate for an 11 year old. <laughs> oh, she's trying to figure it out. She's like, What is your watch band? I'm like, It's a watch band. No, it's not. Show it to me, Daddy. I'm like, Get away. She's yeah. like, uh, I want one of those. No, Daddy has a job. So <laughs> it's a yeah. constant it, battle. It, it, well, you know, it's it, what's cool about it, though, is that they have access to all kinds of things that we didn't have, right? So, you know, my daughter will find new artists and new music in a way that we couldn't. You know, like, how did we find a new artist back then? Like someone handed you a mixtape or something, right? Like Mm -hmm. you couldn't just listen constantly on Spotify or like, you know, scrub the internet and have suggestions from the algorithm of who might be the next big thing, whatever. So I think that's kind of cool too, though, that they get to explore it in that way. Like that wasn't, it was harder for me, I think, to, to find new music. So it was more about what was on the radio or when I moved away from, from New York, what was on MTV at the time, Yo MTV Raps or whatever, like what what were the best videos, like you were talking about um, Special Ed with his amazing videos, whatever. Kwame, do you remember Kwame? Yeah. He, that polka, polka dot. Friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those were, that's how I found new music back in the day. So I think it's cool that now they can, they can, they have other ways of exploring. I remember the first time I heard third bass and I was oh, yeah. gas face. I was sitting gas there like I was, I was infatuated with I'm watching this. I'm like watching Pete Nice and everybody. I'm like, yep. this is ridiculous. Yep. I mean, like, you know, but it's you know, I think what drew us into hip hop was the videos, man. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this is before Hype Williams. Before Hype Williams, that was just guys, you know, showed up with local crews and just filmed videos. Yeah. You know, uh MT, you know, MTV rap started, you know. You know, then it went towards a certain Mesolite era, then it evolved again. So, I mean, I think visuals and hip hop, and you talk about the concerts, I know seeing the scene notorious big in concert in high school mm-hmm. was like crazy. And I think about that today. If you talk to a kid about who's the you know, who's the go and MC, and you know, some people scream out, you know, that's uh, you know, it can't be big, that's Pac or something. I'm like, I saw both right. of those guys live. So wow. it's weird to tell somebody, like, yeah, I saw Biggie in concert. Like, what was that like? I mean, Big was a different force. <laughs> I saw Big in Chicago, and then I saw Big again up in Milwaukee. So I drove up to Milwaukee to see Big, and I was like, I saw Pac. You know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to disrespect either one of them in that situation, but I leaned more toward Big than I did toward Pac at that point. And, you know, a lot of people a lot of people feel that, you know, um, no, neither one of those guys is not the greatest MC at this point. You know, a lot of people say it's Rock Kim. And, right. you know, but, you know, Rakim, I, I always see him as a guy to MC. So I see him totally different than other MCs because you can't put anybody in Rakim's in his own category almost. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's all very subjective, right? And so people want to argue about who's the best and whatever. And I, I've gotten into these arguments with my friends before because they, they say, look, you're not really into hip hop because you like Public Enemy. You can't say that, you know, because you like this, you know, this rap with a message, right? But, you know, the way that I feel about it, that's what resonated to me, right? And so I think there were periods where each one of these, you know, whether it's it's Tupac or Biggie, they resonated with you in different ways at different times, you know? And it's I think it's hard to compare. It's hard to compare and say one is better than the other. Like some days I'll say Tribe Called Quest was my favorite. I can listen to them all day, every day, you know? And then sometimes, I, you know, I want something different, right? I, I go back to like, you know, my, the harder music. Right. And so it just kind of depends on the day and the mood and what was important to you at that time. No, you're right. Cause you think about, you think about Griselda right now, which is, which is, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. Buffalo, that's still New York, but it's a whole different lifestyle compared to like, they're like, they're like the, if Wu-Tang had a hybrid kid with Mob Deep, it's yeah. called Griselda. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, um, this is we're talking prodigy. We're talking prodigy like uh, levels of you know street level at that point. 
But like, you know, you're right about that. I mean, it all depends on what your mood is like. There's times you listen to Tribe Called Quest, I left my wallet in El Segundo. Yeah. And you're just riding around the city, any city you're in, and you feel that album. Or it's yeah. time you listen to Wu Tang and you, you sit there and listen to 36 Chambers, you're riding around the city, and everybody's bothering you. Right. <laughs> you look out, <laughs> out the window and you know, you hear a cast music, everything around me. You look, you see guys in the corner like, I gotta lock my car door. So it changes your whole mood, what you're listening to when you're riding around. I know. My daughter was playing Azalea Banks the other day in the car. I was like, what are you listening to? Like, I cannot with Azalea Banks. Okay. Like she goes, no, mommy, this one's okay. This one's not so bad. I, you know, but it, it does impact your mood. Like I, I was like, I'm not in an Azalea Banks mood today. Right. Like we'll have to find something else to listen to, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Like some days I'll want to hear, like, I'll just listen to Jay-Z all day. And then some days it's like, you know, De La Soul, or I want to go all the way back and, you know, I want to, reminisce on the beastie boys right like i never got to see them in concert i think they would have been so much fun but you know that's that's kind of it depends on the mood and and what you got going on in your life at the moment i missed them three times i got a chance, i almost saw them at the house of blues no sage when they, uh they had an intergalactic came out and that song was man one of my guys so i said that was the dopest song to see him in concert because they actually put on those you know the japanese radioactive suits from uh the guys era and they're on stage and they started moving like robotic. And he said, man, it was nice. Yeah. What is it? Check your head. Is that the name of the album? That album was the soundtrack mm -hmm. of my college, right? Like that is, I mean, and I remember listening to them when I was like in the seventh grade, but then they sort of made this evolution and, and that album when it, I was in college, like it just was all we listened to all the time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, like, so to kind of go back to one of the things you brought up before, Melissa, a.k.a. Queenie, a.k.a. Bougie <laughs> Queenie over there. So I was actually um, listening to this hip hop podcast. Um, shout out to The Breaks Radio. And they were kind of gushing over like Nas's like dope drops. I think he dropped like six or more albums or something in the last year or so. So it's been like, you know, unprecedented amount of like proliferate he's been doing. But they're talking about all this grind. They're talking about all these rappers they like. And then there's a segment where they're talking about, hey, so what you watching, right? And then one of the grimy hosts is like saying, yeah, I've been watching. I've been going back to watch some uh, Laguna Beach, I think, right? <laughs> and you're like, what? Why, why are you doing that? He's like, I just like to see how how privileged like folks like live, you know? I just mm -hmm. I just like to like tap into that. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think there's a part of hip hop too, like besides, you know, like, it finding a nerd kid that's trying to find their way and find the message. It can also like be like almost like a hall pass life to say, Hey, like you also, you deserve more for yourself. You know, you we are like naming all these like name brand stuff, but it, it doesn't always have to be like that. You know, you can, you can, you can definitely strive a little more for yourself. Like there's nothing wrong with it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, one, one show that I have been obsessed with over the past few years is the shy. And a lot of that came from, you know, even though I'm here, um, in Miami, traveling back and forth to Chicago for 10 years, right, with my job at mm -hmm. Kellogg, and never, I've never been to the south side, okay, so always up on the north shore, and, you know, either downtown or in Evanston, never really understood sort of what life was like on the south side, and watching that show, you know, obviously it's fiction, but, you know, it sort of really, I think, hits home as to, like, how different a city can be. It's like saying mm -hmm. you go to New York City and you only go into Manhattan, right? Like you're only in Midtown or you're only in Times Square and there's so much more of the city that if you don't branch out or see, like you don't necessarily get the vibe. You could think everybody in New York lives like on Park Avenue and that's sort of the <laughs> way people live, right? So like when you're in Evanston, you kind of feel like, wow, Chicago's, look at this place. Everybody's got these big houses. Like this is so beautiful. And then, you know, you see the shy and it's it's a very different story. So that that's one show that I'm obsessed with. It's it's on. I guess it's in between seasons right now. But um, I totally get what you mean about seeing sort of the other side of how how you know one one group is or one city is. Yeah, it, it's crazy. You think about the West Side, South Side, North Side, East Side of Chicago. They're all different personalities. Or even go to like you said, the North Shore, Evanston. Go a little bit north and then go to Lake Forest or somewhere like that. That's like driving to like Staten Island in New York pretty much, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 the whole personality changes. Like, you know, uh, 
I felt that like when I go to New York or you go to California or somewhere, every I'm a, I'm gonna just say every city's got boroughs. Mm-hmm. You know, we take that from you guys, the whole borough concept, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, these different personalities like Chicago got Pilsen. Pilsen's sitting on the west side, like between west and south side, basically, but this is all community that's almost bigger than the west side. And you know, it, it's amazing how much personality, like, you know, like we go to um, you go to New York City and somebody said they're from Mexico. That's like rare because everybody's Puerto Rican, Dominican, yeah. or whatever in New York City. You come to Chicago, there's people come from New York and be like, I've never met a Mexican person out with Chicago. I'm like, how yeah. is that possible? So it's coming to <laughs> it's, us. It's very day. possible. Yes. It's very, I don't think I, well, no, I, I had one friend growing up who was half Mexican, half. Puerto Rican, I think. And that was unusual, right? Like to have anything that was not like Puerto Rican, Dominican was super different. And this is something that kind of cracked us up from from the the Kellogg folks in Miami, because everybody down here is either Cuban, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Mm -hmm. or from South America. And then you go to Chicago and the the Mexican influence is so strong. And that was kind of shocked because the cultures are very different. So like Mm -hmm. boroughs are different. The different Latino cultures are super different right and so um we always joked about it because it was like it's so normal to have that mexican influence in chicago but for us it's like it's like very unique and different because we're so caribbean or latin american influence down here and in, in new york wherever i grew up it was all like puerto ricans and dominicans so going to that in hip-hop we're talking Fat Joe. We're talking mm-hmm. Big Pun. Big Pun, and, yeah. And, and in terms of those relationships, how much of their music would you say was influencing your everyday life? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think a, a Big Pun and Fat Joe are the two that stand out. I think, look, Daddy Yankee transformed mm-hmm. how um, sort of people think about this mixture of hip hop and, and just Latin music in general. I mean, when that song Gasolina came out, like what was it in 2000 <laughs> or 1999? And, you know, like it, it's not even a, the greatest song, right? Like if you think about great reggaeton songs or great, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it was such like a different sound and it changed, you know, how, how that type of music could be integrated, how the Caribbean sort of integrated itself into hip hop. So um, I think that evolution was super interesting to see, right? Because you wouldn't, you know, in in the New York hip hop scene back in the 80s and 90s, you didn't see a lot of Puerto Ricans. It was dominated by the African-American community. You didn't see a lot of Dominicans participating. And, you know, there was that evolution with Fat Joe and, and Big Pun. But then I feel like Daddy Yankee kind of changed the game and created a whole new genre, or at least put that genre on the map. So, you know, that's kind of, I think how how my brain sort of looks at that evolution. I love that. I I know you're running short on time, but um, my quick hot takes on what you just said is like um, like my older kid I think has more of an aesthetic like you. Like when you're talking about Beastie Boys and stuff like that. Like I think my 12 year old definitely leans into his rock side and he respects the rap gods too. But my younger one, he really wanted to see Daddy Yankee. I kind of feel bad that I didn't get to take him to see him when he was here. Um. And to kind of like tie it together, sort of. So like I grew up not only hip hop kid, but like Novak knows I'm like a film fan first. Right. So it's kind of like kicking me in the head that I grew up on the DC, like Batman era of Michael Keaton. And now it's like nothing to brag about. Right. But you twist that on its head with like, I was never a Spider-Man kid growing up, but the Spider-Verse movies, Miles Morales, the soundtrack, whole soundtracks, like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm like all in and like that my kids are in it. So it's kind of like it's, it's it's interesting how you talk about the daddy Yankee effect. Like, I feel like that's like the hip hop New York effect, too, through the movies and, you know, through the for animation. sure. My daughter cannot care less about a Marvel movie. I'll tell you what. But she is obsessed with the new Spider-Verse. Like the fact that Miles Morales mm-hmm. is Puerto Rican and my daughter's half mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. Her dad is not. He's white. You know, he's like going back way generations. Um you know, American, like from Europe, whatever. But, um, you know, she's, she's, and we talked a little bit about this when I was at Kellogg, like her, she lives a foot in both worlds, right? Like trying to figure out her countryside with the Johnny Cash and her, her family that lives in Georgia and then the Puerto Rican side. And so I think that Miles Morales character and, and that really resonates with her because it's sort of this icon that she has and she could care less about any other Marvel movie. You could not get her to go to like, 
Aquaman. <laughs> but if a new <laughs> Spider-Verse movie came out, she'd be like the first in line. I mean, kids are infatuated with it. My daughter's infatuated. It's like, it's crazy when you're sitting up there seeing it, you know, the fact that, you know, you had a you got a whole hip hop soundtrack behind that Spider-Man with a little reggae tone on the back of it. You know, he's sitting in his room, he starts singing that song, man. You know what I'm talking about? And then my kid, you know, my kid work word knows all the words to all the songs on the Spider-Man uh soundtrack. And I'm sitting there like, when did you learn this at? It's Spider-Man, that is a Spider-Verse. So every every kid, like, you know, like like my background is crazy, like one grandma's Creole, mother grandma's Cuban. So when you get into these relationships. And you look at how everybody is these melting pots in this country. So she, you know, she taps into that whole different music genre when she listens to Spider-Man. She steps out of Spider-Man and goes into a whole different mind state. But I think I think Miles Morales, man, it finally put a person of color, man, in a, in a superhero movie other than Black Panther. And right. you think about like, you know, it, it, you know, he basically is not perfect. Neither was Black Panther, but. I relate more to Miles Morales than I do to you know, to basic to Charlie in that situation. That's right. You know, you're talking more generational differences because you know this is this is really African versus African American. You know, it's it's a whole different lifestyle. You think when you look at the Black Panther movies in that regard, for sure. And uh, you know, growing up for me, like it was like Christopher Reeve as Superman, right? Or like. Mm -hmm. Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Those were the the superheroes back then. So I just love that there are different different types of superheroes now. And you know, in my daughter's eyes, Beyonce is a superhero. Okay, she qualifies as superhero. Yeah. So I love that there are these different you know multicultural influences. And um, she she's gonna be a much stronger woman than I am. Like her point of view and her um, her affection for all things artistic is way more honed and curated than mine is. So I think that's kind of cool too, that um, I, I planted the seed, but now she's sort of grown into this. Um, she's got all these different, amazing, um, diverse artists to pick from, to sort of curate her own preferences. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit came from me playing public enemy in the car on road trips, so. Respect, respect. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, on that note, I know you had to run in a sec, but did you have any other final thoughts for us? Mata sueños? Um, what are my final thoughts? Listen, you, you will never be able to take the New York City out of me. Like, you will never stop me from loving Jay-Z, even if he's like 65 and his dreads are all gray and whatever anybody says about him. Um, some people, they like to talk talk about right. like how he's not his the best lyricist or whatever but um you know jay-z forever Thanks. that's how did i did you feel. ever go to see the book of hove exhibit i think i it, wish no it, i have it finishes on his birthday i, I know oh, yeah his man. birthday's the day after mine so that's another yeah. thing we're both Sagittariuses. <laughs> but um no i have the i have the book i have his book sitting like prominently on my mantle but no i haven't made it up to new york city to see that that would have been amazing Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I really appreciate yeah. it. I, I, this was this was a great treat for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Melissa. Did you want to close this out, Novak? I got it, guys. Yeah, definitely, Melissa. Thank you for man chopping it up with us here, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, you got me. You got me right now. I want to go pull out a Grand Poopa CD, man, and just sit there and listen to it. You know, while I work this afternoon. But yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you for coming on. We got to chop this up again. We got to talk. We got to talk Spider-Verse. That's that I definitely it. want to get into. That'll be, you know, we might get a lot of people on that on that particular episode. Uh, definitely check us out everywhere where podcasts are available. Go out and listen to something dope today. Go out and do something positive. All right, peace.
thriller in Manila like I'm Pacquiao. Diamond in the rough, hidden in sand beaches far from Baguio. In my back, so we ain't lagging now. Going stag with the solo Giannis level sound. No, I don't fuck around. Keep it 100, class of 99. Falling down to 75, a king of the fourth quarter away from prime. Time on your television, mid-range, you barely missing. Devoted to the game, we underdogs that you've been dissing. No, boy, we go where it's showtime when we hit the scene. Dunkin' bars in 16, call me Zach Levine. All-star level, keep the air on Mr. Gordon. I implore you, bring the heat. I'm off the floor before I score, and then I throw up the sign, Mr. Commissioner. Swooping like a bat set on a mission. The vision is efficiency to figure out the riddle fluently. Life serving lessons from the shadows to solve them isn't new to me. Not from Gotham, but the city taught me best. If you want to say something, better say it with your chest. If I hear it from behind, there's no integrity to test. So either pick it up or throw it down and put the shit to rest. If you don't know me by now, I doubt you'll ever know me. Never want to Razzie, not pretty Tony. But I'm not the only MC keeping the drill. Knowledge reigns supreme over that cream. That's how I feel. Spill tea, boss, for your car, so cool your keysta. I'm a rock star on these bars, this ain't Ibiza. Going insane in the membrane, no reefer. Going all in for the win, how could I see ya? Hit up JR, like, man, I need a feature. An MC crave, a third islander creature. No stage, no joke, hey, it's nice to meet ya. Fuck with me, egg in your face, but it ain't Easter. Escobar ether is what I flow with on some cold world shit. Not some bro shit, cause when you pop off, it don't matter the nines that you pro with. Daywalkers is click off top with the boldest. Tell me you off, I go off, I'm mad focused. Then they be like, go ahead, I'm lost, and I know this. A mid-range assassin with this. To go swish, I'm Tony Hawk thrashing with this, ya bish. on both sides my world resides in a space between the real and sublime this one's for rico the conspiracy i'm serious warnings like frogs falling from the sky trust too many people most my life still gullible and i don't know why my world's constantly collide when things go awry i'm often a fall guy like lee major lee major 2030 chance for mayor if I tag up your block, I did your hood favor. Raise your property tax with flavor. I used to draw black and white to bring up misery. Like Channel 11, past midnight, I'm a mystery. <laughs>